There we go. This is the introduction to our, this is our new animation. If you like it and you want to win some stuff, provide a soundtrack to it. You can go to sonicstate.com forward slash live for details on how to enter the competition. But that's it. This is Welcome to Sonic Talk. Sonic Talk number 388, which is uh, the first of 2015. Uh, we had a couple of weeks break just the way that Christmas fell. I thought it was only fair to uh, allow our guests, our generous panellists with their time, some of the more milestone days in the year off. <laughs> so I want to say thank you very much for watching. Uh, also, welcome and happy Christmas, belatedly. Happy New Year to you all. And um, also, uh, thank you very much to our sponsors, uh, Isotope, who, uh, if you stay watching, you'll find out details of perhaps who won the last copy of Iris 2. But again, this week, we've got another opportunity to win Iris as well, as well as details on how to enter the uh, theme tune competition. So winning all round is all I can say. So anyway, let's say hello to our various guests. We'll start with, I think we'll start with Mr. Dave Spears, because he was just being very Christmassy. Dave posted, of course, uh, this fantastic version of uh, Wish You a Very Merry Christmas, which was sort of quite, quite sort of emotional and dark, but uplifting at the same time. Beautiful, I thought. Dave, how are you, Dave? Anyway, had a good Christmas? No. Oh, yeah, uh, I'm sorry I to hear that. No, no, I did. Thank you. Yes, I did. I was only about. Excellent. Is that it then? Right, okay, right, I'll move. move. (laughs) You had a great Christmas, and um, did you get some time off? That's the most important thing. Uh, I did, yes. Yes. That was kind of weird, the way it fell. It sort of seemed to, you know, I kind of pretty much got two weeks. Yeah, me too. Which which was just unheard of, really. I mean, Chris was amazing. He kind of made all these little plans that I was not to be bothered, which was just, yeah, a weird thing for me. But yeah, no, very nice of him. Excellent. Well, glad to have you aboard, Dave, uh, and always, as ever, welcome. And I'm going to go to uh, the other side of uh, the pond, uh, Mr. Richard Hilton, over there in the US. Uh, Rich, of course, is uh, well, is keyboard player for Chic and Noel Rogers Studio Guy. Do you have a good restful Christmas, Rich Hilton? I did, thank you. I am so much. glad to hear that. Excellent. Excellent. So, are you yes. back to work now? Did you manage to get a couple of, uh, a couple of days off? Yes, and yes. Right. And, uh, yeah, working and doing great. It's a busy year this year. There's lots to talk about, lots of things. Anyway, thank you very much for joining us. And also we have there in uh, the West Country of England, Glastonbury Way, Mr. Mark ah. Tinley. How are you, Mark? I'm uh, I'm on my second cold. Oh, excellent. Well, that's often what happens at Christmas, isn't it? You just stop and oh. then it all piles in. I'd never ever get ill. I never get ill. And then on Christmas Day I just started streaming with goo. <laughs> and then I spent two days in bed. Well not Christmas Day. I managed to get through Christmas Day. And but I spent Boxing Day and the next day in bed. And then we went to the beach actually to Burnham on Sea, which was absolutely brilliant. And all the sea air and everything kind of helped clear it out of cleared it. you out. Oh well that's good to know. And then I got better and then two days ago it's just hit me again like whoa. Uh, I spent yesterday in bed, so I... Uh, oh, well, I am sorry to hear that. I don't know. Bloody annoying. I d- and, um, and like I say, I never get ill, so I don't know. I d- and, and like, you know, you kind of get ill when your kids are at school and it's like been on holiday for like three weeks or whatever, so it's not, not got anything to do with children. Uh, I don't know. I, I always get very nervous this time of year because obviously with Nam just around the corner, in fact, uh, we fly out on the 20th. So, uh, yeah, I'm obviously going to be talking a little bit about that stuff coming up. But, yeah, it makes me nervous um, this time of year. I kind of get all into hand sanitizer and keeping away from sick people. But it's okay, Mark, because <laughs> you're actually 
at a distance. I'm, I, I yeah. don't, I'm pretty Far sure there hasn't been anything that can communicate over Skype yet. That would be a hell of a worry. Anyway, I don't know, though. If I, if I sneeze hard enough, I reckon I could, like, lay a cloud of something <laughs> horrible over the well, Let's hope not. Anyway, um, and also we have Gaz Williams there, who is, um, has assembled a collection of little, um, little gizmos and gadgets. That looks like the complete vo- range of Volkers. Gaz, of course, is a professional bass player and music technologist, does a lot of stuff you might have seen his uh, Akai APC Mini review, which we posted quite recently. And I must apologise for that rogue edit. I wasn't quite up to speed there, but, you know. <laughs> anyway, Gaz, what, what are you doing on your knees down there in front of the altar of Volker? <laughs> altar of Volker, I like that. Um, well, I thought I would just do a little performance of these things, because these were um, Christmas presents. Um, oh, nice. Uh, and uh, I've been having lots of fun, and it includes the new Volker sample. Oh, right. Was, that was only released in on the 22nd of December in the UK, so that's uh, that's like a, a minty, fresh new <laughs> Minty, thing. fresh technology. Like <laughs> it. And but white, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, they've done it in, like, the MPC colours, I think, a li- just as a little nod to the old MPCs, I think. Um but uh, yeah, that's uh, but that's my least. It is my least favourite of the Volkers. Oh really? So far. Yeah, because it's really it's it's cool, but it's just um, the others are much more fun to jam on. This one, this one, you need to be a little bit more. You have to kind of prepare things a little bit more. Uh. Whereas the other ones, you can just really do stuff on the fly. It's hard. you can do stuff on the fly. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, and with it. When you get it, it comes pre-installed with a hundred samples. Uh, but the first thing I did was just wipe all the samples and sort of essentially start filling it in. But Stop. I realised that it needs something to plug into. I think for for so I've got it going into a, a little KP two yeah. uh, chaos pad, and these things are going for bargain bargain price now. I think they've been superseded by KP two S. So these things, you can pick them up for about 45 quid. Wow, and that is a bargain, actually. They're great fun, though. Mm. We did review one, and it was uh, it was really, really good fun. It's it's just a sort of little widget, widdly thing, isn't it, that really... Can... <laughs> yeah. But uh, together, the, it makes those two really... I think it makes this one a lot more fun because, you know, it's much more uh, jammable with, that, with it plugged into that one. Uh, and I should mention as well, because I know some people have been asking, uh, all of them I've got plugged into uh, a little, uh, oh, I don't know if you can see this here, uh, Belkin headphone splitter. All right. Yeah. Are you using them as a merger, uh, are you? Uh, just, just to merge them all in. Uh, so, and I got it going into my battery powered speakers. So the whole, this whole little setup it's, is uh, all battery powered. It's flying free. Yeah, so and uh, I've got my first gig with them on Saturday. So uh, right, you didn't waste any time then. You got them on Christmas Day and you booked yourself a gig. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so I uh, so I thought maybe it might be quite a good little practice to have a little practice run on the show today, just to sort of uh, so I can go wrong in front of a bunch of people and just you know. Get the, right. get the, humilia- the humiliation out the way. And how do you see it, that you know? working? Do you want to do that now or do you want to save it for a, a pertinent time in the show? I'm not easy either way. Well, I'd kind of like to do it now. Okay. Because purely because I'm being a battery miser. I think these things... Oh, why not work? Really, yeah, yeah, that's it. They kind of... Uh, they chew What on. makes them fun is being on batteries, but... Um, so how long is your gig going to be? Until the battery runs out? <laughs> <laughs> 
I've just ordered a big bunch of batteries for them, so hopefully... Actually, I have to say that the battery life on these things is really, really impressive. Um, I, I, I've used them, like, solidly, uh, like, every day for a good few hours, I think. Um, and it, I've only had to replace the batteries on, on one of them. Uh, OK, I've got to ask you something quickly. Which is your favourite one? Oh, uh, I think it's the Volker Keys. Oh, really? That's interesting, yeah. Interesting yeah, stuff. I think it's... I think it's a beautiful. I think it's a beautiful thing. I really do. And I thought it was uh, a bit not, noisy, but it was it was nice. Ah, uh, noise, noise. You know these yeah, things. Yeah, what are the hell? Yeah. Gas, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think uh, you should play some stuff. Okay. Uh, Here so, we go. Yeah. Right. Let's uh, see what goes on now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Gas. <laughs> that was quite shocking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I 
I guess uh, the only thing that I find with those with them is you, you've just uh, the ability to be able to oops what have I done there uh, to be able to kind of expand the pattern and transpose things that's not quite so uh, immediate is it but I think to be honest the um the uh step jump thing and yes. I love the idea of the, of of not of of just not giving a damn where one is just losing the downbeat and just not even thinking about don't even care and doing all sorts of things in all sorts of timings because like you know if i hold down if i play this one and i, I just hold down ah, you could just trigger s certain steps it doesn't matter so same with the drums I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then it's so like, I mean, I try to just make stuff up always on the spot, and um, and sometimes it goes better than others. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, how long are you going to be uh, playing to your audience on your first gig during the Volkers? Six hours. <laughs> I almost oh, believe yeah. you there. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's it's a late night. It's a late night party kind of gig, so it's going to go on for a bit. So uh, it's just going to be a load of munted people chewing their faces off, and they're just going to try uh, just blit their blit blit their minds. I think is the phrase. Excellent. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. And are they paying guests? No. Ah, well, so you can pretty much do whatever the hell you like. A clue i haven't a clue i've to totally muscled my way into something so it's uh <laughs> actually <laughs> <laughs> just good <laughs> <laughs> old people's <laughs> home <laughs> excellent work excellent guys it's all like it's a massive mansion house and it's an all-night party and I'm just going to set up in a big room and through a big pa system and just just yeah see what happens Oh, that sounds like yeah. great fun. Well, good for you, Gaz. Seat of the pants stuff. I know you kind of quite enjoy that kind of approach, so good for you. So, yeah, go for it. So, um, I suppose we should get on into a topic. Uh, before I do, um, just if there's any um, uh, misunderstanding, the theme tune competition that we're running where you have to download the theme tune the download the video and write a theme tune to our intro animation uh, you can get details of that sonicstate.com forward slash live the deadline is actually the 28th of january so if you haven't done it yet there's still plenty of time so anyway i just wanted to say that right well let's have a look and see what uh what's going on obviously we're heading towards nam now so there are lots of rumors coming out and it, it's very interesting because nam is starting to shape up to be quite a big sort of synthy show in fact nam did i think we might have mentioned it before nam announced that their um floor space requ requirements have gone up 100 percent over last year for or it was 50 percent or 100 percent one of the two but a lot basically uh, for various sort of synthy and high-tech manufacturers so one of the first things that we spotted was if i drop that in there uh, this is uh, a, an image that was uh, sort of tweeted out which has subsequently been deleted so i'm glad i downloaded it this is of some a new roland uh JDXI. We don't know anything more about it. It looks like a kind of mini keys kind of thing. Perhaps something in the area of the uh, Novation uh, Mini Nova, or perhaps even uh, something along the lines of. Um, obviously, the Korg Microcorp was massively popular, and everybody wants to sell as many units as that. So I'm wondering whether they're going for that kind of thing. Uh, interesting stuff. I know that perhaps not many people are going to be all that interested in mini key stuff, but it, it's certainly got the cat amongst the pigeons it was one of our it, i put it on on uh, facebook i think and it just went absolutely mental um 
do you think there's maybe a golden time approaching? I mean, but I guess Dave, there could be. You know, when we know we've got all the IRA stuff, and uh, uh, let's 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 put aside the driver issue for a minute, um, if I may, um, just mention that. But you know, the, the, the I notion, won't say anything. <laughs> the, the notion of uh, some a new era. I mean, Roland are about due for one, don't you think, Dave? Renaissance. A renaissance. I don't know. No. I'll tell you what shocked me about this picture, apart from the mini keys, and I was going to write, where's the bender? Ah, yes, if you look at it, it's actually got pitch bender mod wheel. What? No bender? No, it's quite interesting. I, I found, uh, I guess it's a larger, slightly larger picture, and obviously there's filter, it looks like there's four, um, four filter types. And you can see the cutoff and the resonance knobs. I can't quite work out what's going on on the left-hand side. That looks like oscillator. But, I mean, I, I'd kind of thought that this might be a kind of polyphonic IRA thing. Mm. It could be. Who knows? Which would make sense, wouldn't it, if they continue in the direction of, you know, JD800, JX3P, JX8, all those kind of stuff. It, Maybe even a D50 in that kind of format. It could, it could be interesting, couldn't it? I mean, what's interesting for me is the fact that, well, I, I'm not a full disclosure here. Roland actually did visit this morning and showed us something, which was not this. So that's all I can say at the moment. So they're, they're, Yeah, think, in fact, I thought about this and thought it's the perfect time to do the hoax. We saw the Behringer thing, didn't we, which I think was just simple clickbait to get everybody talking about them over the Christmas period. And I was thinking, actually, it's the perfect time of year to just do some kind of mad render, make out that it's some company, put it up on the net and just watch everybody go mental. Yeah, I suppose Either so. loathing it or loving it or arguing. It's quite funny and it would literally be a kind of popcorn moment, wouldn't it? You just kind of like... Sit back, like the view yeah, touch paper. Yeah, it would be quite entertaining. I might do that next year. Yeah, that's <laughs> not a bad idea. Um, I know, Mark, are you kind of excited by new... Anything, I mean, anything new? From from a company with the sort of with the hit track record of Roland, let's just say for their instruments, not for their drivers. Okay, <clears throat> forgetting the drivers, I'm sure that they've heard me say that enough times that they're now addressing the issue. Right? Of course, <laughs> hopefully, <clears throat> um, Roland already have everything in place to do this kind of thing, don't they? Because the V synth has some fantastic waveform things in it and a whole load of fantastic analog emulation. The V-Synth is like an analog synth and a sampler kind of together in one thing, but that all was born out of the Verios thing. So they've got all of the building blocks that they need to build this stuff. And I guess um, the, the... Where have I gone with that? Aero? Aro? Yeah, Aro. Suddenly, for some reason. Um, that is kind of... That's... That's kind of proof of concept isn't it so if that's working and people are buying it and it's uh and that's the direction they're going in they have the capability to do so much more of this stuff and to release lots more analogy kind of things that could be cool things where you end up with like lots and lots of synths in your room to play with um and and if they do the layouts well with like lots of knobs to play with when you're playing with those synths, I could, it could be a really cool thing, actually. It could be a really cool thing. And you know what? If they're completely standalone and they'll work by themselves regardless of the driver issue, then maybe 
that's not such an issue if you can end up with a whole load of really cool synths that you can play via MIDI in 30 years time or 40 years time. Because it seems like, I mean, digital's kind of really come to the point where it's as good as analog now, hasn't it? In many Pretty ways, yeah, in many instances, not in every case, but yeah, I agree. I mean, I either my ears have got really bad or the, or the technology's got really good to the point where it's starting to get very difficult to tell the difference between things when they're on, um, when they're on records, the good ones. Um, that's what it, so, so, you know, and by that, I mean, things like the Nord stuff is really good because it's DSP based, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so could be really good if it's proprietary DSP based stuff inside that thing and it's doing some clever stuff. It could, it could be really good. Definitely. Um, one thing that was really interesting, um, I think that perhaps has been overlooked a little bit. You know, people see Roland as just this amorphous, non, non-changing entity. But, you know, let's not forget that Mr. Kaihashi has gone. You know, he's he, and he's been very, very specific about not looking back and what have you. So that, that sort of blockage for kind of expanding into other areas has changed. There's been a change in management. The management have actually bought back the, the, the company from pro, uh, public ownership. So now the management own the company, so they can essentially do what the hell they like. You know, they don't have to worry about shareholders, which, in my opinion, is a really good thing for anything kind of creative and musical. I think it's a disaster when that happens to a company that makes stuff for creative people. So there could be all sorts of stuff going on. I know, Rich, I mean, I'm guessing a lot of, in your world, generally speaking, you know, much of your stuff is in the box. But, I mean, there's occasionally things come along that make you just kind of go, oh, yes, I'll, I'd love one of those. I mean, th- this it would be great if Roland kind of fulfilled that niche again, wouldn't it, and, and started to kind of make hardware that really kind of excited a lot of people yes and but i think this is sort of in the box it's just in their box (laughs) no because they seem to be building shells for software emulation uh, products based on their legacy uh popularity which is actually a quite smart thing to do if they can pull it off and they've been pulling it off pretty well so far and pulling it off at a reasonable price point and pulling it off Directing it towards a market that doesn't care if these things are mini keys or not, and uh, it's I it, it looks to me like if this if this isn't the hoax that Dave so humorously suggested that it probably is, that uh, that it's another shell for them to write these engines into in software and be able to use multiple ones uh, at a per- you know on a licensed basis in a single shell. So it is in the box. It's just in their box. It could be. I mean, that we don't know the actual details of this. There could be uh, some standalone, st- excuse me, standalone stuff going on, or, or <clears throat> any analog. I don't know. Yes. Well, Peter Kern on Create Digital Music seems to think that there's a digital section and an analog section, and seems to think. I think maybe people have like blown up the image and tried to have a good look at it. They seem to think that there's an analog filter and an analog oscillator separate from a digital section so it's uh now i i i'm dubious about that given what roland's um recent track record's been about but that's quite an interesting idea isn't it that they, that they would be merging the technologies um so i i mean that would certainly make sense that would get a lot of people interested in it you know um uh, on mark's point about analog and digital i think it is quite interesting because i've been because I've been spending a lot of time with the Volkers, um, which are predominantly analog. Uh, I have been marvelling at just how 
undigital they are in the sound and and I and, and I do wonder whether digital can ever truly get there I mean it's almost all the weirdness that goes on <laughs> that uh, the digital might struggle to um, to kind of get right but so to have an analog filter in a digital synth I think would be uh, well we've seen that before lots of times yeah. in the in yes, the past like, yeah 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 uh however um you know if they do that in a small little with a small little mini keys uh i could see them maybe taking a leaf out of korg's book with the success of the volkers um perhaps and and trying to sort of get into there but i <clears throat> i am dubious though i do think it's unlikely that that's the case but uh Ah, it's interesting. We shall Certainly see. We shall definitely see. Mm. Which kind of leads us on to a, a, another, obviously, um, uh, well, we could go in two directions here because there are topics that link to both of these things. So it could be uh, either way, really. Perhaps what we'll do is before we go there, we should uh, have a word from our sponsor. It's not Behringer. <laughs> I press the button and the ad will play. There we are. Iris, of course. Isotopes sort of flagship synthesizer instrument well not that they've got a great selection of them but this is certainly their finest shall we say this is the uh, based on on their uh, technology that comes out of RX comes with an 8th gigabyte sample library Iris 2 gets you started quickly with hundreds of new patches by world class sound designer all the WAVs supplied as 24 bit for use in any sampler oscillator WAVs uh, intuitive spectral selection tools isolate specific audio frequencies within and play them back immediately on your keyboard selection tools, lasso, free hand drawing of any size or shape, multi-mode master filter, new modulation system with over 100 modulatable parameters, sculpture or signature sound with up to 5 LFOs, MIDI expression controllers and macro controls, lots of envelopes, 5 envelopes, five, uh, lots and lots of ways to do it, in fact visualisations you can see intelligent zero crossing so you can drop your own samples in, the, and the list just goes on if you want to try it out, Iris uh, is available at isotope.com forward slash Iris and it really is a well worth checking out. And of course, if you've been a regular listener to the show over 2014, you'll know that Isotope sponsored the show. And one of the things they do is give away something every week. Iris 2, uh, last show, we did actually have a giveaway. And I've selected a winner from the uh, from the competition. Let me just go and find my uh, document here. Uh, basically, our winner is... And the winner is... I don't know if I could pronounce this correctly. This is Shunmuga Pile uh, at... Shun Pile, which is their Twitter handle, uh, they tweeted the winning tweet last last competition. So if they can let us know, uh, then the Isotope Fairy, who's hopefully had a very restive festive, will be able to drop Iris 2 into their inbox and they can enjoy that. And also, uh, we have another competition, which I should also let you know. And the, the drill is basically you need to be on Twitter. You just tweet out uh, a hashtag to a couple of accounts and I'll show you what you have to do here. Basically, the, the bare bones of it, if you tweet that, we're using the hashtag at uh, hashtag modern modulation uh, if you tweet that to at sonic nick and at isotope take uh, inc then we've basically got a search looking and we can pick a random winner from the number of entries so if you want to win isotope iris 2 you could tweet just that but you have got 140 characters so stick something else in there as well uh, we do read them and i know that they always do read them as well and so we want to say thank you very much to iris and isotope for uh entering for giving us this prize and also sponsoring the show so just remember if you want to win iris 2 Hashtag modern modulation, one word, at Sonic Nick, at Isotope Inc. If you're listening to this on the MP3 version. 
So there we go. Right, so uh, another item that we've got. This this is really interesting, I think, and I would, I'm going to play it go this direction because this is more sort of DSP code. This is the Axolotti, which is essentially a DSP board Hi. that you could program I'm yourself. Axolotti. Let me introduce you to Axolotti. Which has MIDI I.O., audio I.O. Axolotti brings batch-based sound programming into a standalone device. Connect Axolotti to a computer and start creating your own sound. The Axolotti editor works like an analog modeler synthesizer. Select modules, connect them with wires and tweak the buttons and dials to taste. So I'm not going to play all of that, but get the idea. I mean, it's kind of a little bit in concept like the idea of the Nord modular, but you buy each module separately. This is at the moment it's an Indiegogo um, uh, campaign, and it's actually uh, they're, they're trying to raise. Let me see. I've got a link here. Uh, Twenty-five thousand euros. They've got um, what's that? About a third of the way, and for sixty euros, you you get one. Uh, and there's various other ones. I'm not sure about there's there's the top one, which is nine thousand and one euros, which is you get the prototype, which may not have that sort of value in it. But it's a very interesting notion. And I know um, in terms of I mean, I don't know about the editor looks like it's only on PC. Oh, no, actually, no, I tell a lie. The editor was running on PC, but it's actually a Java editor. So it run on OS X. Uh, Windows and Linux, oh. so you could just throw it in anything you like. I know, Mark, you were very keen on the Nord lead, weren't you? The, sorry, the Nord uh, modular. Does this sort of thing ap- appeal to you? It doesn't seem... It seems like it's new, um, but I know it's not. I I watched all the videos for this, got really taken in by it. Uh, yes, it appeals to me a lot. Um, I, wa- I would have to hear it. I would have to, because the thing about the Nord Modular is there's something about the Motorola chips and the DACs that they used in that synth that make it sound really good. Um, so, I, so I, I, you know, it's not necessarily the technology of the Nord that makes it sound good. It's the fact that, that, that it's, it's a high-quality circuit that's going on. And I think sometimes with VST instruments, um, oh, especially me. I have a tendency to play VST instruments through my laptop's inbuilt sound card and then just plug a head, set of headphones in and think, oh, it sounds a bit crunchy, but it's going to because I'm using a bloody sound blaster. And I'm, <laughs> and then I'm going, oh, well, these VSTs don't sound as good as modern instruments, or, you know, as Nords <laughs> and things like that, or hardware synths. But of course they don't because I'm using the laptop's sound card. And, and I think if I was using like an RME Fireface or something, I'd probably be going, wow, these VST instruments sound really good. <laughs> so you think it's down I mean, to the I.O., right? It, yeah, but so I want to know what the I/O is like on that, and it's and so and I looked up the processor, and because I, I wanted to know how that processor compared to other uh, kind of DSP-based chips with, uh, and I noticed it's got a floating point unit. It's a 180 it's megahertz ARM Cortex M4 um, for those who are interested. Yeah, so I mean, I'm you know, it's certainly got some power or some punch to it. Um, it's it's. Hearing it, hearing it would be really important for me, and it would be like, would it, would that actually fit in anywhere? And then, of course, how do I record it via my laptop sound card? No, I'm I'm joking, <laughs> but you know, I, uh, and then if it can do things like if I can if I can fill it up with a whole load of patches and samples, and because it has got an SD card, so I'm assuming that I can put samples in it because. Uh, 
I've heard an 808 emulation running on it. I'm guessing that's probably samples rather than individual oh, synths, I don't know, but yeah. I might be wrong. Somebody might have written really good individual synth modules for each of the 808 drums, which would be pretty impressive in itself. Um, but if I can load it up with a whole load of stuff and then just have it in a little box that I can plug into my MIDI guitar and then go and do a gig with it and have all my sounds to hand and know that it's in a stable um, in a stable setup, that would be interesting. So I'm, you know, I'm very interested in it, actually. I'm, I want to follow its uh, progress and see, see what happens with it. I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to spend 9,000 euros. <laughs> not for the prototype, perhaps, no. I, no, I might go with... I might, I might buy one, just because it yeah. looks like something that would be, you know... Uh, I'd, have to buy the pro I'd have to buy the program thing that goes into the 10... Uh, port breakout cable as well so that I could actually control it other from uh, another place other than the computer. That looks like this thing here, right? Which is a, yes. a kind of, yeah, exactly. some kind so it's of... it's got like patch numbers on it and some buttons and you could flick through it. And then, you know, I can start making my own synths, theoretically, can't yeah. I? Yeah, well, that's the interesting idea. Out of an old keyboard. It does sound kind of interesting. Um, I mean, you I, I, yeah, definitely. I, I know, Dave, does the, the idea of this kind of, you know, we've we've seen a few attempts at this kind of thing, haven't we, where you just buy the, the, a little bit of hardware and you make it, configure it. To, this seems so far the most promising for some reason. I'm not sure why, but it just feels like it can do more. And looking at some of those patches, the DSP that was used in it seemed quite low. You know, it rarely seemed to go above 30%. Yeah, I looked at a fair few of the vids. I thought it had been well thought through. Needs a bit of um, needs a bit more excitement on the GUI front. I thought, but hey, that's probably just me. <laughs> yeah, I'm always no. getting that from Chris. It's like there's one pixel out this, and it was just like, oh yeah, that's quite bland. And the controller <laughs> thing, I thought was a good idea. And there was, they're just, I was kind of following it through in a similar vein to Mark. And then I just got to this point and went, I know, for me, I would probably buy something like this and never use it because it's one of those things where life's too short. A bit like yeah, trying to program the... 11 sub-patches on the mini-monster to morph to them from, you know? Some people just go... <clears throat> some people go, yeah, I love it, and I get really into that and deep, and other people just go, no, life's too short. And then I started listening to the sounds, and, all right, I am spoiled in what I've got at my disposal. There was not one single sound there that I thought I couldn't create using various things that I've already got. Right. And probably in a more convenient, you know, um, instrument. So, yeah, well thought out, well executed. I, obviously, I'm not giving him a hard time at all. But uh, probably not for me for those reasons. Hmm, interesting. Um, Rich, I guess for the same, similar sort of principle, I mean, obviously, you know, life is a bit short for, for sometimes for these things. But, I mean, perhaps it's not aimed at, you know, the working professional who for whom time is an issue. I mean, this is the sort... I like the idea of, of being able to tinker with it. And it's almost kind of the, the notion of Raspberry Pi type approach. Exactly. Exactly. It, in a world where Raspberry Pi is cool and people have gotten into kit level homebrew design oriented sound design building stuff i understand this product completely and i think it's really cool my initial response was almost exactly word for word what dave said about the gui but yet in that world there's something 
apparently cool about making it look like it's playing out of a you know monochrome monitor in 1978 from some primitive operating system. In other words, the fact that it looks so completely basic and primitive um, may be part of its appeal and relate more specifically to those sort of Heath Kit hobbyist builder types who just sort of dig that and don't care about spending resources on the GUI. Um, again, like Mark said, I'm interested to really hear it, but I suspect it'll sound fine. And, uh, seems like a pretty cool thing to me. Yeah. I, I, is it for me? Probably not. Like Dave, I'm, I'm not really, I don't really want to get up in the morning and build an instrument every single day, <laughs> but it's kind of cool. It reminds me of TurboSynth, if anybody remembers that, which was an old yeah, it uh, does actually. design product. It's quite a bit. And I've always wished somebody would do that. And on some level, um, reactor is that too in the native instruments world. Yeah. Um, so it all kind Very of represents simple. synth on paper, you know, and that's cool. Hmm. I know Gaz with your newfound Volker business. Are you, uh, is this something that appeals to you or a couple of throw a couple of those into the live set as well? Uh, yeah, it, uh, it does interest me quite a lot there. It doesn't, it can't act as a USB host, though, can it? It only acts as a USB client. Is that right? Uh, yes, I think the USB aspect is just for programming it and may- maybe giving it some power. I'm not sure. I think, uh-huh. yeah. So, okay. Because um, I think I, I, I want to get maybe, a, well, I've got a Raspberry Pi. I might try and get, build a little Raspberry Pi to act as a as a little USB host and other bits for my little current setup so I can use some of my USB controllers and and the OP1. So I was kind of, when I first saw that, I thought, oh, that could be quite nice. But then when I, but then I thought, oh, no, no, it's it's not quite what I was looking for. However, um, I am quite interested in it. uh, And I think it's going to be interesting to see how many, well, Firstly, if it gets funded, which I think it should get funded. I think yeah, it I, I think this time of year is obviously kind of tricky. It hasn't gone up in the sort of leaps and bounds that you sometimes see, you know, where they just go way yeah. overboard. I mean, I hope that they do because they're not. Mm. I mean, 25,000 euros sounds like a lot of money, certainly is to me. But I mean, you know, in terms of a kind of general spread, I suppose if you're only offering mostly 60 bucks, you know, 60 euro kind of increments, it's going to take you a lot longer. Then maybe they need to granulize their offerings a bit more to, to reach it. Yeah. Uh, also, I mean, you know, the GUI is going to put people off, isn't it? Because it's very, it is very crude. The GUI. It's although saying that, it's it is quite readable as well. So well, not that uh, much difference to Max MSP, really, is it? Similar. That's what no, made. No. That's what. That's what. That's what it made it looks, me think of. <clears throat> Sorry, Mark. It looks like Max MX. It looks like Max. It also looks like the Nord modular. Mm. But um. Okay, I'm going to throw one other thing in here into this mix, though, because the, uh, my favourite, favourite modular synth, um, which is why I ended up selling my Nord modular in the end, uh, is Martin Fay's Vaz modular, which is absolutely brilliant and is a VST oh, yeah. instrument, but you can use any of it to process VST stuff. So you can drop it as a VST uh, instance after. You could have like loop, drum loops playing and stuff, and you just start feeding them through a modular synth, and and that to me, it's just like all my processing is just kind of right there at my fingertips, right in my computer, coming out my crappy sound card. <laughs> 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 but uh, here's here's 
his GUI is sort of similar to that. It's not really hugely bells and whistles, but it's prettier than that. And it, but it just works as a VST instrument, and I think that's brilliant. And it's got all the functionality that you would expect from a modular synth. So all the waveforms and LFOs and envelopes and just all. And if you have, if you've never used it, go and just Google VAZ modular. Go and try it. It's been around for a while, actually. That I think I've I've, VAZ. It's not VAG. VAZ. (laughs) My cold. Very different things. Yes. Can I just uh, before I forget? Can I just put a little request in for anyone who could possibly help me out in making this thing? Uh, Raspberry. So basically, I want run a Raspberry Pi. I want to I want to run this uh, class compliant. Alan and Heath mixing desk off the audio. I also want it to act as a as a MIDI router, so I can so I can plug um, various MIDI devices into it. So I think know. I think that should be possible. I've done something similar here because I've got uh, uh, I'm just plugging very. I plugged some Novation stuff into the Pi, and that just acted as a MIDI interface. So I'm sure rooting uh, it. There are there are I, possibilities for that definitely. I know I don't want to run it headless. And yep. I want to be able to. I want to be able to record audio no. out of the USB mixing yeah, desk. No. no, that's that's unlikely. Just because of the, the 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 you know we're talking about a phone processor really, so it's probably probably only, might only two tracks. Two uh, tracks. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll see if we can get that sorted. What Monday? Okay for you for that. <laughs> yes, please. Hooray! Okay. Result. Excellent. Um, Okay, well, I mean, the other big news, obviously, you know, with NAM coming up, there's 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 a couple of things that we should probably look at. I mean, one of the one of the big pieces of news is obviously we've got the uh, the ARP Korg stroke whatever it is um, conglomeration has now got its own website, arpsynth.com. Uh, and it looks very much like they're going to actually be releasing or certainly uh, previewing the hardware in uh, at NAM in 2015. In fact, I, I'm you know trying to get an appointment so I can get to see some one-on-one time with it. And so that's going to be kind of a, quite a big news. But obviously, we had that same thing from Behringer, which is interesting. It's, I mean, Dave, you've just released the Odyssey, which is a fantastic instrument. If you haven't already seen the, the, the piece that Dave did with us, it's great. I mean, it's more more than just a monosynth, though. So this is a very different thing to what this is. I mean, is this something that interests you? Will you be thinking, I wouldn't mind one of those, or have you got enough of them already? <laughs> We've got something like... I think we've got six Odysseys. Uh, but no, I'll get this. I think, I hope. Chris, can we have one of these? Um, <laughs> no, I'm sure we will. Uh, I, I'm going to be really interested to do some kind you know, A-B comparisons between each of the... Yeah, I mean, if anyone models. is going to be able to know the difference, you, you'll pick it up. I'm sure. Yeah, and I, obviously I know the Odyssey inside out. There are some very interesting quirks. Hold down, you know, hold down four notes, even though you won't hear the fourth note. There's some interesting LFO stuff that goes on. Uh, so, yeah, I know it inside out. I'm very intrigued by this. Uh, I should say that, my, I, you know, I think Korg of been on fire for the last few years i disagree entirely with it being called the arp odyssey it should be the korg odyssey arp always will stand for alan r perlman who i have had the enormous privilege to meet in the last few months so i know uh, his involvement or non-involvement in this product uh and I know who is behind it. It's obviously David Friend, who was the lead developer on the original Odyssey. So it comes from a good pedigree. So really, for me, at this point, 
I, although I keep hearing about mini keys again. No. Why do I keep hearing that? Is that, is that true or false? I have no idea, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I would imagine it would make sense not to have mini keys unless they're just trying to cut down on the amount of stuff it takes to make one so they can keep the cost down. But I haven't heard anything about that at all. No, no. I've just heard that a couple of, uh, from a couple of people. I think so people I are probably... I don't know how accurate any of this I think is. people are probably kind of going MS20 mini and just thinking, yeah, it must be. But um, whether that's the case or not, it's an easy you supposition know, to make. And with the original Odyssey, I mean... <laughs> You know, the sliders were always the Achilles heel of that instrument. And also there were things like, this is why people like, you know, Herbie Hancock and George Duke were amazing on it and Chick Corea were amazing because there was no notches on it for concert pitch. In fact, there was not even a 440 tuning reference, uh, you know, switch on it like you had on the Mini Moog. So you had this, it would be really nice to see it being able to be pulled back into concert pitch, those oscillators being pulled back, and also decent, reliable sliders. Well, that's so for all of those reasons, it's really exciting. It's interesting. If we look at the image here, you can see that those knob caps are not the same slider caps. They're, they're kind of, you know, they've got larger plastic things on them. So there, you can see there's, there's, you can't quite see what the switch types are, but certainly well, the... Well, it's funny. They look, they look like ARP axe things. And don't forget, when ARP were at certain points i mean that art went through art were always in kind of you know financial difficulty as it were you know pretty much after the release of the 2600 i think i mean the 26 did really well but everything after that they were always kind of bouncing around and they would do things like for example in certain quadras there was no primer so they would just try and save money by just spraying on the bare metal chassis which is why you have those certain ones of those will chip and stuff like that oh, okay the paint will chip so in when, when it comes to things like sliders even certain chips sometimes whatever was kind of lying around the factory it was like oh we got an abundance of those so there are some odysseys that exist that have completely different uh slider caps on them right in fact what's interesting is when our 2600 went wrong Took it up to Kent, obviously, who called me and just went, dude, this is like a, this is a grey meanie, but in a Tolex box. Not, uh, none of the, there was certain, certain part of it that had gone wrong. Some of those components, he said, when this was made, they were pretty much obsolete. You know, these <laughs> must have just been sitting around the factory floor and they're like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll just bung those in a couple of these to get it out the door. Anyway, yeah, no, uh, this is exciting, but it's got to, for me. It's got to be you know the beauty, and I, I kind of laid into Diego probably unfairly a few months ago on here when this was first announced, when he was saying about how does it further music. For me, the idea of putting that duophonic ring mod mode that you and I talked about when I was down doing the Oddity piece with you into the hands of the great unwashed or people who haven't had the luxury of being able to afford an odyssey is really exciting because some of those tones are absolutely beautifully aggressively amazing mm. and on that point i'll shut up interesting <laughs> uh, rich i'm guessing you know you are a uh, an american and it's an american instrument and uh, you know presumably uh -oh. it's it's got it's got <laughs> i mean Certainly over here, it had. I, mean, I think we've talked about this before, you know, over here it was used by sort of more pioneers of kind of raw electronic dance music, pop music, whereas in America it was more of your jazz funkers and your kind of jazzers who were using it more, your Herbie Hancocks and your kind of Chick Corea and those kind of guys. Is there a different um, 
perception of how this is going to go down perhaps in the States than over here or a different expectation even? I don't know. Well, as usual, I feel slightly uncomfortable speaking for the entire United States. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, what the hell? Let's generalize. But but as far as my own feeling about it is concerned, I'm quite interested to see how well they've done and if they've actually come up with a better solution to, say, the slider problems that the originals had and how does it feel under your fingers. And it could be a very, very nice thing. Um, I'm quite happy that they're doing it. And it was some years ago that I suggested to some mutual friends of ours that they might want to do a 2600 uh, with actually a software uh, audio basis uh, that would also transfer into a hardware box that would fully work but would allow you to also use it the same stuff within a uh, a computer environment. But uh, nobody did that. And somebody's doing this. And that's cool, too. And in the meantime, if I want to go software, I have Oddity 2, which I'm very happy with as well. So I'm looking forward to this. I think it's great. I think it's cool. I think uh, I'm happy that David Friend found himself some friends to do it with. And uh, (laughs) Korg is on fire, and they do some cool things. And it's nice to see people doing cool things. You know, it's sort of the contrast to the Roland thing we talked about before, where they're building these generic shells to host... um, uh, virtual recreations of their classic products. These guys have actually designed, decided to go ahead and build some classic products and offer some of them as kits. And I think that's kind of cool. And it also feeds into that whole Heath kit mentality that I was talking about with the last product, where people like to build stuff again these days yeah, and, and just uh, get inside like them, in yeah, and doing them. You know, like so that you know, it's all makes sense and it's all cool to me. I'm happy about it. Excellent. I know, Mark, have you got any, anything you'd like to add to that? Uh, I don't know the Odyssey, the Odyssey very well, so I can't be particularly specific about it. Have I got anything I'd like to add to that? Um, That's all right. I, don't know. I think everybody said everything that needs to be said. Again, I want to hear one so, and play with one. and just. I mean, uh, yeah. The first time I, I encountered an ARP, I couldn't make head nor tail of it because I'd grew, grown up with a Roland MC202 and an SH101, and suddenly I was given a whole load more knobs to play with, <laughs> which once you work out how to use them is really cool. So, I, I, you know, it's the kind of thing that that I, I guess I would probably want to spend two or three hours with just tinkering around with it and playing and just having a nice time, I guess, and see what it sounds like. <laughs> so... um. So I'll wait for it to come out, and then I'll go and visit a music store if yeah, they've got any left. if there are still anyone. Gaz, you wanted to come in. Uh, well, you know, sometimes you see kind of kit car versions of classic cars, like an E-Type Jaguar that springs to mind, and you just look at them, and they just, you know, there's something about them. It's kind of looks almost like it, but maybe the suspension yeah. or just the way it just doesn't quite, it's just not quite right. And I wonder how this is going to, how this is going to, come together you know whether whether it it'll you know whether it'll look lovely and you'll just want to touch it or whether it'll just i don't know not that that yeah so because i mean we haven't any idea how of the price that that hasn't even that that hasn't even entered the equation yet has it yeah we don't know what it's going to be yet but i mean you know. right 
so i mean that that's the biggie really isn't it is is this going to be an affordable thing or is it you know is, or is it going to be like the ms20 mini which you know which is a very capable synth but it does feel pretty cheap doesn't it you know yeah. so it, so i that that's the thing that's interesting to me it's, to it is whether... it, it is interesting because people have this kind of quite uh uh, uh, a veiled sort of notion of what original MS-20 was like. And the MS-20 hardware, the panel and the knobs, yeah, fairly solid. The keyboard was really crummy. You play the keys and they go, donk, you know, they're really noisy, yeah. cheap plastic kind of, they're not good. You the know, original so one. The original, it's not, it's not a good, you know, it's not a good keyboard by any stretch. You know, everything else is sort of fairly well bolted down and I suppose that does differ. So solid. The panel's solid though, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah, really yeah, that's quite true. thick metal yeah, that's on true. an MS-20. Well, and so and same on the kit, the kit MS20 as well. So, I mean, I, I guess why it, then it kind of comes to this thing, you know, with excellent emulations like the Oddity, for instance, you know, uh, it, then it's got to have that appeal. So when it's yeah. sitting there in the studio, that it's, you know, that's almost as important as how it sounds. I think, in, well, in terms it's, of it, if it's going to sell. Yeah, but it's an instrument, isn't it? It's like if I play the guitar, I can sit for hours and hours and hours playing the guitar, fiddling around with different nuances of things, and and uh, just you know playing. So this is an instrument, and and as much as you play the keys, the stuff that's in front of you that you fiddle around with to play with the sound and change the nuances of the sound, that is the skill of a synth player as opposed yeah. to somebody who just plays a keyboard. And it's agree. an instrument, and you get lost in it, and you learn how to... What the hell was that? I'm not sure. Yeah, no, you I think... I think to just kind of get in the vibe of it. And absolutely. And like kind of, you know, make it do things that other people don't do with it. I would agree. And I don't necessarily think... that. I mean, obviously, I'd love it to be kind of built like a tank, beautifully solid and everything, but I don't think that is the primary concern because i mean i remember i reviewed the uh the the uh sledge the whatever that one is the the um studio the studio, logic. studio logic sledge and that was built really flimsily but as an interface to interact with it was incredibly good fun and inspiring to play with you know there is an aspect to it that means you know if it's the price is right i still get that relationship with the hardware okay i might want not want to chuck it in a bag because i might snap all the knobs off or whatever but that's the case with many other things as well i mean i would like it yeah. ideally to be well built and affordable but i think it's unlikely to be both of those things just purely because of economics anyway that's enough of that what about this then this is of course an alka synthex this is a video posted by a chap called uh, jmp synth uh, this is a whole track made with it apart from the drums um, but it, uh, we'll let it develop a little bit it really does sound lovely actually and i know uh well gregory's got an alka synthex and it's great fun. It's a proper poly. Um, and I'm only playing this because uh, <laughs> because I found the news of the fact that uh, it looks like Jem and uh, Lem and Elka are being kind of re... Again, not reconstituted, reborn, re-released. I'm not quite sure. There's all sorts of information. It says General, key General Music Keyboard and Pro Audio Products Manufacturers, legendary brands Jem, Lem and Elka will be back in 2015. 125th anniversary of General Music. I'm not sure what they started building 125 years ago, but I'd be interested to know. Maybe you know. Um, it will offer unbelievable Italian sound, um, whatever that is, together with superior <laughs> technology. Made in the Finland, best. which is interesting. Made in Finland. Made in Finland. Interesting, what Dave. What are you? Because you, you had you, you didn't you have some kind of association with General Music way back in the day and did some stuff. 
on something at yeah. some point. Is this yeah, exciting news? Do you know anything you can tell us about? Have they been calling you? No, I don't. And this is another kind of, this is another. So we have the ARP, Alan R. Perlman Odyssey, made by Korg in Japan. And let's try and put into perspective the relationship back in the day between American synthesizer manufacturers and Japanese. So that's a kind of weird situation. And now we have a Gem Lem Elka, which is thoroughbred Italian, being made in Finland, which is kind of strange. There's a great YouTube video. Uh, actually, oh, do you know what? I think all that proves is that branding is everything, which yeah. I'm, a very, I'm a great I wonder, cynic. I wonder who bought about. the brand. I wonder who now owns yeah. it. That'd be interesting. Uh, yeah, and it originally started as a company called Galanti, and uh, they made organs and accordions, and they have a huge pedigree. Like I say, it goes back you know, way over, well over 100 years. And uh, I was involved with things like they did a piano called the Pro 2 and another piano called the Pro Mega and then another synth called, I think it might have been called the Equinox and stuff like that. Uh in fact, weirdly enough, there is a relationship with that Studio Sonic Sledge in that the guy who was demoing that on the videos, this guy Gianni Judici, and he worked at General Music. And they were amazing because they employed really, really top flight musicians. So everybody who worked there in in the kind of musical department were just phenomenal musos. And the engineering side. I think a lot of those guys went to Korg and stuff. There's a YouTube video of the f- factory that's just like... Oh, yes, I saw that. It was huge, wasn't it? Which was really very sad, yeah. And I, you know, I like them as a company. I never really got on with the name Gem and General Music. Lem was the kind of amp stuff and, you know, PA stuff. But it was very highly regarded in Italy. Um... I don't really know what else to say. I don't know anything about this. I was actually there when they acquired the Elka brand and we went down to uh, one of the Elka offices and found some synthexes in the cupboard. <laughs> and I should have liberated them. I really should because if I remember correctly, and we are going back to the kind of mid-90s, um, the next time we went back, they'd all gone. <laughs> so oh. somebody obviously uh, made a killing on that. But yeah, no, really interesting, really interesting. It's not a brand that I ever thought I'd see be resurrected. I absolutely loved going to this company because they were all proper Italian men and once a month they'd all get together and they'd cook for each other and they'd all criticise each other's cooking and, you know, he had the best parma ham because it came from (laughs) that side of the mountain and it was just proper man cave stuff. Utterly brilliant. I knew nothing about food until I went there. And then it was like, wow, I want to come and live here if I can. Anyway, yes. Excellent. Well, that it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I hope I, well, we don't know whether it's just a brand, a branding exercise or whether they're actually going to start building stuff. That would be interesting. I mean, I'm guessing a lot of the know how of the designers who built some of those early, you know, things, you know, those guys are just going to be, you know, probably old too old to kind of maybe contribute as much as we'd like them to if they're going to release the elka syntax that is a complete complete sort of wish uh, <laughs> that's a wish rather than an, an actuality i'd like to say at this point i guess well i you know you gotta look at you, the way the market's going the people because i mean made being made in finland is is the real kind of clue there to something 
new money maybe or you know new investment there's something there's definitely something going on there Genelec are the only Finnish company I can think of are they Finnish or are they Danish I think they're Finnish no they are Finnish indeed yes so um so it's it's that is really interesting because I guess it's not the cheapest place to get stuff manufactured in Finland I would have thought so uh so you you know and and like a lot of that Italian stuff was always a not the most expensive. I mean, the the gem stuff was quite expensive, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it was. It was. It was not cheap. You know, it wasn't ever kind of cheap, 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 was it? Right. So, I mean, it'd be interesting to see which products from the past would actually have the. Uh, well, we mentioned the synthex, but I mean, of the gem products, which ones of those would be? likely to make a comeback i can't really think of well, that, I, I believe if i remember correctly um people speak highly of some of the key beds in uh, some of the gem instruments and i don't know if they made them themselves uh. or whether they were supplied by someone like fatar or whatever who are I believe it also italian so i don't know whether that's the case mm. so you know so that's that's going to be the interesting thing uh so obviously the synthex is probably probably out of all of those brands the most obvious one would would you not think um, i would certainly I mean, hope so but i, I can't uh, imagine how they'd be able to make something um, like that in any way affordable so i mean a lot of the elka things were quite interesting weren't they some of those uh, a friend of mine's got one of those um oh gosh i can't remember the name of it Rhapsody. now but it's like it it's a it's a multi it's a multi-manual organ but it's got um, a monosynth built into it uh in the so the top manual can also be a mono no, I, I tell a lie. A polysynth for all be. I, no, I think Hold it might on. be a device. Randy Rimbaud in the chat room says Finnish company Soundion, OY Limited, uh, bought General Music last month. So, whatever ah, they are. There we are. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, don't know. Interesting. It, it's a very in- it's interesting. But, yeah, so I'd be interested to know what products, whether they're looking to build new products or reissue ones, really. And. Mm. I have no idea. It's Jean-Michel Jarre. He used to use an Elka, didn't he? That, that was he. He had like uh, I believe so. Synthex had the, the mirrored, the mirrored one that was all covered in little mirrors. So I think that was an Elka. Nice. Yeah, he used it for the laser harp sound, didn't he? That's which is everybody ever does, don't they? If you've got an Elka, you just you you post your version of the Jean-Michel Jarre laser harp patch. <laughs> yes. Do you want to hear a funny story? Oh, well, no, actually. Go to everybody else first, and then I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, Rich, does this mean uh, it's interesting that you know th- this notion that brand is the key, the key thing, and that's what th- it's been happening in, in certainly in a lot of other industries where people are buying the brands and reusing them. You know, there's lots of shenanigans going on in sort of uh, the communications technology and what have you. I mean, th- are we just seeing a reflection of that perhaps in the uh, the MI industry? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's interesting. But um, I guess what's encouraging is that they're seeing it as a, a potential moneymaker, which must mean that the buoyancy of the of the whole sort of area of this is is considered to be worth the investment, which is good. Well, they're they're tapping into genuine romance that people feel for certain things, and I don't think it's limited to the music instrument uh, business either. But in general, there is nostalgia and romance for certain things of certain eras in certain product lines, and right now. Uh, that's what's driving a lot of what these companies are doing for lack of having any new technologies to exploit outside of, say, Isotope and Isis. Uh, Is that the name of the product? Iris, yeah. Iris. Um, Outside of that, pardon me, 
the there's really not much new technology, and maybe Spectrosonics, but even that's an old design at this point. Uh, there's not a lot of new technology being exploited, so they've chosen to go the romance route and try to stimulate your interest in owning a re, you know, manufactured Arbodice made in Japan or uh, or a virtual JP8 that runs in some little synth box shell that you can access both from your computer and from the front panel and it runs in software. You know, like all of this is tapping into romance. Yeah. You know, they're trying to build products people will buy and people buy what they're interested in and right now they're interested in all this romantic stuff. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a very valid UA point. the same thing. UA's whole product line is built on this. That's true. That is true. But they, I mean, at the least, what they're doing is also um, providing very high-power DSP innovation to allow them to to run those things. So that's a very different. I suppose it's, it, that's what's different about them. Mark, does this hold any uh, excitement for you? Well, I've always liked the Alka Syntex, but I've been doing some research while you've all been talking about things. <laughs> I've been on eBay, and actually, I'm always very excited by things that are orange. And I found a Gem Model P Deluxe Combo Organ, which was pre-Vox Jaguar Continental. And apparently, as far as I can make out, Gem used to make Vox Jaguar Continental. So they made the keyboards for, well, according to this guy they did anyway, they made the, the, they made the Vox Jaguar. Um, and this thing looks really cool, actually. I'll post a link to it in the chat room. Uh, it's, it's an orange organ uh, with various different sounds on it, horns and strings and all that good stuff uh, and it's got the inverted key bed as well and it's got really nice knobs on it so if they yeah. if they reissued that that could be exciting. Yeah, be maybe they're going to do some organs, that would be interesting, definitely um, I, I, I also feel that there's one other topic I would like to cover before we go, I mean this was this was an, one of uh, uh, the Synthtopia open mic um things which is what's the best new uh, electronic music technology of 2014 they've been posting a whole bunch of you know best software best hardware best synth best whatever which sadly as uh, as an editor i've rather failed to do for 2014 which was rather st- stupid on me really because it's guaranteed page views and lots and lots of debate but i thought we could have <laughs> our own sort of little mini roundup of stuff that maybe was uh, applicable to you you know what you, what you felt was kind of some of the uh, the highlights of releases from 2014 i know rich have you got anything it doesn't necessarily have to be synth you know anything studio wise that you think was kind of innovative for the for for last year yes ah okay um dynamic eqs uh, which actually colin mcdowell got to market first but um other people have jumped up more recently and claimed like claimed it like it's their own but in any case in both of those products that I to which I refer, which I believe one of them is Isotope and the other one is Colin McDowell's McDSP product, uh, those are outstanding devices that do amazing things that heretofore would have been seen as impossible to do. And as such, if I had to actually narrow it down to products and product types, it would be that. But if we can talk about it in the broader social sense, it is for me, as I've been saying throughout, um, the continued growth of romance as it relates to the products from, for the most part, my youth, which was the late 60s through mid 70s in this business, and how much interest there is in generating stuff that does what those things did. 
on some level, whether it be in hardware or software emulations with a hardware shell or just software emulations or whatever. And in the modular uh, interest and everything, I, it, never in my life, including when it was first invented, has there been more interest in this stuff. And now the possibilities of integrating it with our traditional DAW formats and our, uh, you know, various Ethernet MIDI interfacing and such. It's uh, really a, a very cool thing. I don't know if it has anything to do with selling records, but it's way cool. <laughs> well said. Hello, Dave, what do you say? Apart from Odyssey Sorry. 2, of course. What was the... Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, don't, I don't do any of these polls. In fact, whatever came top on any of the polls, I would go and buy the polar opposite because actually... I don't want to be the same as everybody else. And I know, I understand you guys as kind of copywriters and all that kind of stuff have to get page impressions and people bitching and arguing over stuff. But for me, these whole things are just utterly futile. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's... And really dull. And just really, really dull. Anyway, yes, I'll shut up now. All right, then. Okay. Uh, well, then, I'll come to you, Mark. Um, oh, what, well, so what's the most exciting thing that I've seen last year? Yeah, I guess so, or the most relevant. I mean, it doesn't have to be kind of anything particularly popular or whatever. It's just really more to do with the kind of the technology of making music, I think. I don't know, uh, just, the, I don't know, the fact that things are getting faster and, um, like the thing the computer is the most relevant thing still because computers are just getting more and more powerful and the most relevant thing to me is that i i look at systems that i was using 10 years ago or 15 years ago and what was considered to be really difficult to do then is just becoming easier and easier so i suppose um annoying as it is things like garage band are brilliant because they allow anybody to make music and I know people who just load GarageBand up and then throw some acoustic strumming things onto a track and then sing on it and go oh look I've made a record now in one sense it's annoying because it's it's you sort of think well who are you to do that you've got no skill at all but then and and I've spent 30 years honing this skill how dare you go and make something that sounds really good like a record like that without without doing all the groundwork but then on the other hand if they've got uh, the innate talent to just think of some you know think of something musical and to be able to throw it together like that and it enables them to do that and it brings new raw talent to the table and you hear people who you would could never have heard before making records then that and that has to be a good thing so i think just overall the whole direction of music technology and the accessibility of being able to write music so i mean i reckon if i put a computer in front of my mum with garage band on it she could probably make a reasonable tune you know so, and that's that that to me is probably a good thing mm, interesting gas well ipad uh cog completely nailed it at the beginning of the year with Gadget, which has grown over the year and has uh, it ties in with what Mark is saying actually, to be fair, in that it's very accessible, it's really easy to use very powerful, sounds terrific, so I mean that was an amazing I think from um, 
that would be my iPad app of the year. And and, and now they've with the module thing that they've done, which gives you uh, pianos and uh, organs and you know more traditional keyboard instruments, which you can then open in Gadget as well, which uh, is a fantastic thing. So it, it's uh, that I think is brilliant, really really good. Um, other good ones. Um, I thought Reason 8 was really good, actually. I thought that was a, a really good uh, update on that. Uh, Ozone 6 uh, with the Dynamic EQ. Dynamic EQ has, uh, I would concur with Rich, is an amazing thing, and that's revolutionized my uh, my, my mastering. My It really has. Um, what else? Uh, I've got this thing here that I, I'm always going on about Sonus. This, was, this came out 2014, the, the volume. It's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant pedal. I love this development in terms of giving, uh, making pedals have almost like synthesizer depth of control, you know, mm. loads of different LFO shapes and, you know, rather than your typical pedals, which are kind of quite limited. So I really, I'm really keen to, to see more things coming out like that, which are, you know, complex and nerdy, yeah. but also tough and could be jumped on so i think that's uh that's cool uh and yeah uh god i think there's been loads of cool things still waiting to see some of those behringer x32 spin-offs the xr18 which was uh which i've i've mentioned a few times looks really good but actually failed has failed to surface in mm. 2014 so i suppose that that makes that <laughs> irrelevant um yeah uh, pretty cool, but plenty. I think, um, plenty. Plenty. No, well, good for you. I mean, I think uh, for me, it's probably to do with, uh, I think, although I'm not a Cubase user, I think that the way that Cubase have really pushed the whole notion of workflow, a workflow seems yeah. to have been a very big deal more in 2014 and making yeah. this stuff usable in an actual creative situation rather than become like an IT project. That's been, yeah. you know, we're not there yet, but it's definitely going in the right direction. I think that's yeah. kind of quite big news. Cube- Cubase eight, Cubase eight, and its chord pads. I think is right. a really is great, and and that actually ties in with machine as well. Two point two. We've talked about this before, where you know this idea of um, scales and chords um, making those more accessible and in a, yeah, in a sort of pro environment. Uh, yeah. the, uh, the other thing for me is uh, actually uh, it's probably very predictable, but the Moog Sub thirty seven, uh, even though uh, it's just another synth. There's something about it that really feels like there's been, it, it feels like an encapsulation of, you know, as far as you can pretty much go with regular kind of analog synthesis in terms of that format. It feels like, for me, it really does feel almost like a kind of a, a mini move for the 21st century you know it's really got something special about it and there's a lot of real thought and depth gone into the way that you interact with it and the way that it works and it feels like a, a, a kind of apex in in many ways of synth design in terms of usability and i think that's a good thing and that's that hopefully will give a lot of other manufacturers something to aim for in terms of how to create hardware that you can interact with musically so i think that's a really important thing as well oh an electron rhythm as well ah okay Sorry. All right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, right. <laughs> Plenty there to be going on with. Um, Mark, have I asked you yet? I'm sorry. I feel like I've uh, I've just been waffling on. 
Yeah. You did, and I had a big rant about... Oh, that's right. Too. Sorry. That's my... I, I, one thing I would like to do is probably get some more RAM for myself, because my short-term memory is really short, and I haven't been to NAM yet. Obviously, NAM is going to be coming up. Uh, we're going to be going over on the 20th. We'll have another show pre-NAM when I'm sure there will be more rumours and stuff we can uh, harp on about and find out. But I do know there is some cool stuff coming that I can't talk about, because I've I'm legally bound not to. Um, so what about that other topic that we were going to talk about? Have we got time to do that? I don't that? think we have. 20 past five, we're going to have to shoot. I know that Dave, uh, D- have we got time for your story, though? Was, the sto- was there a story, Dave, that you wanted to, to run in? And the chat room are demanding it, but I don't know. Was it to do with uh, the gentleman? <laughs> it's up oh, to... Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. So Mr. Scruffy here gets an invite to go to Italy where there's lots of sharp-suited Italians, and it's like, can you, can, can you help us kind of with this and with this and with this. And it was things like, you know, workflow and operating systems and sounds and things like that. And uh, one of the things, I, th- I might have told a version of this story before, one of the things was sounds and patches, which they were really great at. But because it was a, it was a because of the amount of characters on the LCD, uh, obviously the, the sound names were truncated because they were put down the bottom. So Q, a very scruffy uh, Brit, trying to convince some very sharp-suited, smart Italians that you cannot have an analogue bank of sounds where analogue has been truncated to anal. (laughs) And anal slave is probably not a good idea to call a patch. (laughs) How did you you do this through a translator? (laughs) <laughs> or just through just, the, just through gesture and mime, yeah, through, through mime and dance. <laughs> Excellent. That is that's a great a, a great story. Uh, were you successful? I suppose is the only other question to ask. Do you know? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. It what? was very funny. There was loads of them. It's like anal waiting and anal slave and anal something. <laughs> and anal. it's just like this whole bank and everything had been truncated to anal. Uh, anyway. perhaps, perhaps not. The... <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for that tip. Uh, we're we're going to have to to head off now. Um, I've got to get back to um, back to family life uh, and uh, where I've got a lot of credits to earn before I go away to LA for 10 days um, but I'm working on it uh, so uh, <laughs> please do join us next week and remember if you want to uh, enter the competition the theme tune competition is still available uh, sonicstate.com forward slash live it closes on the 28th of January uh, you can win the Isotope Creative Bundle which is worth I think 599 now I was wrong when, when it was 499 it was reduced now it's 59 so five, 599 US dollars worth of prizes and the uh, obviously being at the front of the of the show every week until we run another competition but I want to say to all of those who you've already entered amazing work guys it really is very impressive and quite humbling to know that so many of you are so able and um, you know able to, to produce such fantastic stuff so thank you very much so far for all your entries but keep them coming we've got time um so i also want to say thank you very much to isotope for sponsoring the show remember check out iris 2 and uh, enter the competition i'll just put another quick plug on there uh, you just have to t- tweet the hashtag modern modulation so hashtag modern modern modulation to at sonic nick and at isotope inc so once again thank you very much everybody i will say rich thank you very much for joining us happy new year and uh, thank you um for joining us i already said that though didn't i <laughs> yes happy new year yeah thank, thank you. you uh great thank you very much rich and also to mark tinley over there uh, in glastonbury i hope your cold gets better and you're back to your full full fitness shortly yes 
Yes. <laughs> anyway. What else to say? No, I suppose not. I didn't really Thank leave you that very, very open. Much for having me, even though I'm ill and grumpy. No, you did fine. Thank you very much. Also, Dave Spears there over GeForce Software, makers of fine software instruments. I did, did I mention that? In the Synth Cave. Check out the Odyssey 2. Really is a, a great piece of work. Uh, congratulations. I hope you're selling millions of them and becoming. looking on eBay for yachts and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, thanks, Dave. Be always a pleasure. Thank you. And Gaz Williams there over in Bristol. Thanks for your Volca performance. Good luck with yours. Where yeah. will, is it an open party? Can people come to that or is it a closed no, party? No, no it's, it's a closed one. But um, yes, but hopefully going to open some minds so with some uh, intense acid chaos. Good for you. Well done. And just to, re- to be clear, it's modern, modula- modern modulation, not modern modulations. Anyway, thank you very much. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time.